birthday, Liza. <laughs> and we're very excited today to have Teen Challenge Ministry from London with us. Um, uh, I'd like to put out a shout out to Maxim. He's the student I sponsor, and we do have other sponsor cards up there uh, on your way out. I'm sure they'll talk more about that. Very blessed to have uh, Chris and Chris and Albert and Joel with us. Come on up, fellas. Uh, if you haven't been to the farm, it's uh, down, I think, near Delaware. Is that the closest or around that area? Yeah. So that's, uh, and they're running about 35 currently with the restrictions due to COVID. It's not quite as many as they usually have in their full program, but very valuable program. Some of us have direct contact with people that have benefited from the program, and so it's a ministry dear to the heart of Huron Chapel. Let's uh, pray for them. Lord, uh, bless these men, uh, these graduates from the program. We see uh, the effect of your work in their lives and through the, the ministry of Teen Challenge. Lord, open our hearts to hear what uh, you, you have to say to us through them, uh, through your word, and through their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us up here. It's great to be able to come out to... Uh, to connect with, uh, you know, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, needless to say, the last uh, year and change has been very uh, difficult on everybody in a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, and for Teen Challenge, for our, our, uh, our one, part, one key part of our program is actually to get out and connect with people, for the, for the students to see that there's a support system within the, um, within the community, within the uh, church, that there's a place where they can go so they get used to being in churches, especially those who haven't been uh, churched before. And that's been a, a missing part of the program. And uh, fortunately, we're starting to get things a uh, little eased up. We uh, just had some restriction changes this week, which will help that. And uh, that'll be a key part of the program because uh, some of the, some of the, the guys you're going to hear from today were in the program in a time when it was locked down. Uh, they couldn't go anywhere. It was a really difficult time to come through. But uh, the good news through all that is that uh, God is still working, and God is still working through Teen Challenge. He's changing lives uh, in men and women across the country uh, in all our centers, and uh, that's the good news that we can uh, definitely report on. Um, so if I could have the next slide. Um, so my, my name's Chris, uh, Chris Thompson, and uh, I work at Teen Challenge now. Um, just uh, the reason we come out and do this is to get awareness for, for the program um, and for the services that Teen Challenge offers. We have um, some statistics, as you can see up here on the screen. There's six million Canadians meet the definition for, for um, addiction, um, which is a, a scary number in itself. 14% uh, of Canadians are at risk of uh, at any point being long-term um, abusers of alcohol and drugs. Um, and 14% uh, is alcohol. So the problem is real, it's, it's big, and COVID has made it uh, worse in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, the one thing this, with statistics, they're always lagging. So these, st these statistics that we have up here are from uh, the past. The today's statistics are, are a lot different. We can see that from people on the street, from the people we deal with. So we know the problem has gotten worse in the last year and a bit, and <clears throat> Teen Challenge is committed to working to make, that, uh, to make that better and to bring more men and women into the program so that they can see that uh, God can change our lives. 
And let's make no mistake about it. The one, one good stat I can give you uh, above all these is that 100% of the people who come to the doors of Teen Challenge will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they will get that, um, that in their hearts. And no matter where they go through this program or after the program, they've heard that message uh, repeatedly, actually. They hear that message a lot. So that's the one stat that kind of overrides all the rest of these. Uh, if I could have the next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the, our first thing is who gets addicted. And uh, sometimes we, people may have perceptions of who gets addicted, but the reality is it's people from all ages, all walks of life. We have, um, now I know our name is Teen Challenge, and for those of you who know, we, we serve men and women in addiction adults over 18. We don't actually serve teens. It's, uh, uh, our name comes from uh, David Wilkerson. If any of you know the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, uh, he started this ministry back in New York in the late 50s and early 60s. He was trying to reach out to heroin-addicted teens on the street, which he did. And this ministry then took off from there. And uh, it was uh, his brother actually was uh, instrumental in a lot of the the uh, growth of Teen Challenge over the years, uh, and to the many centers. And now we're in uh, we're in over 100 countries or 110 countries around the world. Uh, there's over 12,000 beds and growing um, that are associated with Teen Challenge because of that work that uh, David Wilkerson did back in the 50s. Um, the name Teen Challenge has stuck around. Uh, in Canada, we we actually can't take teens into the program, anyone under 18, they have to be a consenting adult to come into the program. So the name's Teen Challenge, but 18-year-olds are kind of the lowest we have. But we do have uh, people from 18 all the way up. Our oldest graduate was 67 so far. Sometimes we have people who come close to breaking the record, but Larry is still the the oldest... The oldest uh, graduate at 67, um, and Larry still works for us. He's uh, 71 now, and he's actually uh, in our intake department, and he's leading an outreach today uh, in London. So God works through this program of anybody, all ages, all walks of life. Anyone can fall into addiction, um, and it happens a little bit at a time. Um, That's the true danger of it. It can be small steps walking away, if anyone's familiar with Casting Crowns song called Slow Fade, that's a good example of it. Um, You don't just necessarily fall off a cliff into addiction one day. Some people do, but most people fall away from God a little bit at a time. So if I could have the next slide, please. Um, Our program, those of you who don't know Teen Challenge, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today because we've been up to here on chapel uh, a lot of times. Uh, I was counting about seven times since 2009. and I think a lot of you know what the program's about, and those of you at home know what uh, Teen Challenge is about. We are a 12-month faith-based in-residence drug and alcohol rehabilitation. And faith-based means uh, based on the work of Jesus Christ. So um, our program is central. The core tenet of bringing people to faith is, is central. And... Um, but we also look at, we do have addictions counseling. Uh, we do use evidence-based uh, approaches to, to help with, the, so we have the latest uh, theory in play at uh, Teen Challenge for our addiction counseling, but God is still at the center of it all. Um, so I'm going to actually ask Chris to come up, and uh, Chris is a graduate from uh, almost two years ago, a little less. Um, he's going to give you his testimony and tell you a little bit about what God's doing in his life. 
test, test. Uh, <laughs> Bueller, Bueller. Um, so, yeah, my name is Chris, and um, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what life was like, um, some of the changes, and what my life is like now. Um, I grew up in the GTA um, in a Christian home, and I had parents who were uh, always very supportive uh, of everything that I did and encouraged me. Uh, and I had uh, three older siblings who were kind of like surrogate parents as well. So I had a, a double whammy uh, with uh, uh, two sisters and a brother that um, uh, were, were a fair bit older. And um, um, I had a lot of growth and a lot of support uh, in the home. Uh, I had a, had a great upbringing. Uh, when I look back on my life, uh, despite what I went through, Perhaps more more recently, I I had a good foundation uh, in in my home uh, because I had a you know the the seed was planted in terms of my 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 belief, um, but it it's clear as I look back that you know I departed from that and uh, I I guess I was perhaps what you would call a nominal Christian, so I didn't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, very involved uh, in in school and academics, in uh, in sports and in the community. Um, so I, I had very good good life. Looking back on it now, um, so I graduated from high school and I went to Western. And um, a lot of times what you find is uh, there's perhaps less schoolwork going on than there should be. Um, I um, I indulged in the partying, and uh, in my case it was mostly drinking, like lots of beer. Um, and I didn't know at the time, you know, was this, was this a particular problem because a lot of my peer group and the people around me were, were doing it as well. So I didn't really flag that. Uh, to be of any consequence. Um, I met my future wife there uh, at Western. And um, then there were some turning points, and there were some things that uh, were traumatic, and the first of which was uh, uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and um, we uh, we were blessed. Uh, again, you know, you look back and you try and see in retrospect some of the blessings that you had. In that particular case, we had nine months with him. But it was it's it's a horrible disease. It's you see people waste away and they you know their physical stature and uh, uh, you know as they're fighting the disease. And it was a heroic fight and it was even a spiritual experience because we were there when he when he passed. But uh, it took me a long time to get around that. Um, not long after that, in 96, I was in a serious motor vehicle accident uh, where we were traveling north on a rural road heading up to Wasaga Beach, and we, uh, we T-boned a gravel truck. And I had uh, major, uh, major internal injuries. Uh, in fact, on the way to the hospital, I didn't think I was going to make it. And that was another Jesus moment as well. Uh, and thankfully, uh, 
Dr. Campbell is his name, did, did everything that he could and he, he pulled me through. So um, what we know more and more now about uh, a trauma like that, and traumas can be manifested uh, a lot of different ways, uh, but that was a trauma for me. And uh, it completely put me into a tailspin and my whole life was upset. And when it's an accident, something like that, you're not in control. You have no control of the situation. And it's it's our habit in the world today, uh, perhaps less so with believers, but with the world in general that, you know, you want to control your situation, you want to control your destiny. But clearly that was a situation where I did not have any control. Uh, and uh, to, to put it in a, in a nutshell, uh, it, it was perhaps one of the most profound things that changed my life. Um, um, dealing with a trauma uh, and the effects after of the trauma was was a difficult thing for me. Um, so there was a lot of time uh, for rehabilitation, uh, physio, doctors, all kinds of things, and it was a long process. A year to the date after that, I was in another motor vehicle accident, July 5th and July 5th, 96 and 97. That's just bizarre. I, I still have troubles getting my head around it. but um, So it just really set me back. And um, there were some high moments. I decided after I had done the rehabilitation that I was going to go back to school. Uh, I got engaged to my my future wife. Uh, and we were married in 1998. And um, so there were some high points. Uh, but throughout this period, I was dealing with it. And the the chains of addiction started to grab hold. Um, uh, later on, after finishing my, my graduate work, um, I took on a high high pressure job uh, in the corporate sector, uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of demands from customers, and the the ideal situation is that you are able to cope uh, in productive ways uh, with your situation, and if it's job stress or family stress, uh, you try and channel it into positive means like going to the gym or you know in our case a lot of us reading the word and and prayer and things of that nature but I just wasn't there yet in my faith journey uh, uh, I had to brought in uh, well co-jointly with my wife uh, two wonderful sons uh, and so those were those were high moments but um, uh, the 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 real setback I guess was in uh, 20, 2015 uh, a couple of years before that, uh, I was in a situation where I would, I'd come home and I would, you know, have a few beers to take the edge off. And this is where the problem began because it slowly began where it was perhaps more than, more than a couple, more than a few, uh, more than just one day, not just weekends, like a social drinker. It just sort of bled into sort of the, the entire work week. Uh, so those were the early signs of the uh, the difficulties. And then in 2015, I lost my job, as uh, although unrelated to my drinking. Um, and uh, within a year, uh, yeah, I lost my wife, I lost my house, and I lost full-time custody of my kids because we dissolved the marriage. And 
So that just sent me into a tailspin, and the drinking was was continuous, and uh, I hit rock bottom in, in uh, 2018. Um, I was living on my own. Uh, I was sort of detached. My relationship with the kids was was okay, but it wasn't it wasn't close. But I was grieving so much for the marriage that you know I just didn't know how to go on. I didn't know how to continue, and to the point where you know I envisioned that you know I would be in my car and I would be at the railway track and I'd time it so that the you know my car would beat when the when the train came over the crossing. So I sort of had, I guess, what they say in the science vernacular, ideation. So I, there's just no, no willingness to live. But the, behind all that, it was, it was merely ideas. Obviously, I didn't act it out. But um, I still had my kids, and I was hoping you know, for reconciliation with my marriage. But it, needless to say, things went south. And... Uh, so I ended up coming into Teen Challenge in um, August of 2019. And it's amazing uh, as I reflect on just the transformation and how it happened so quickly. And when guys like us come into the program, uh, you, you enter into a bubble of sorts because all of your your concerns, all of the, the concerns of the world and and getting ahead, all that is secondary. That's externalized because you're concentrating on your time there and you're removed from all of that. And uh, quite honestly, very quickly, it was uh, a, a sense of peace that came over me. Um, rest, um, joy, uh, which evolved perhaps later on. But uh, for me, the program was just part of that transformation because I began a relationship with Jesus Christ that I didn't have before and um, I haven't lost it since. Um, the spiritual formation, just delving into the Word, it's really like going to Bible school, quite honestly, when you're there at Teen Challenge because you're a student and you're immersed in the Word and you're studying it and you're memorizing verses and you have worship. And I was lucky before the COVID that uh, I, I came in um, uh, at a time when we were going to the churches and we were doing outreaches. And so I had the benefits of that program, which I hope the guys very soon will will have. Uh, but it's just the totality of the program and the staff working through things with the counselors, uh, wrestling your demons to the ground. And, you know, I spent all that time in that program doing that. Um, then COVID hit, uh, and this was perhaps a, a very significant test of my faith because uh, the program got shut down and there was only four of us on the farm. Uh, and one of the guys was a staff member. He did all the cooking and whatnot. And uh, it's just not the four people you would probably find yourself going on a camping trip with. So, so it's, it's just, uh, it, it was a mixed group, and I, I felt very isolated. I felt very alone, and it was, uh, I sometimes went to dark places. Uh, but the beauty of it is that I just leaned in, and my faith became stronger because I had to rely on, on him 
uh, to get me through. And so it strengthened and affirmed my faith and affirmed the relationship that I was building. But that was a very difficult moment. Uh, then I got into a phase four, which is when you graduate and you become, you're not really a staff member, but you you do a lot of, you have a work role and you're, you're, you have accountabilities in place. Uh, that was also difficult because I couldn't leave. So I couldn't see my family. Um, and again, that was very, very isolating. And it was also a trial. And I think of the word, uh, words of Peter, uh, who I think is talking about the ordeals that you have as a Christian, but I extrapolated that to sort of a broader meaning that you may you may feel that you're having a fiery ordeal uh, and, and you know, just the notion of the, the whole suffering. And this is sort of what I felt I was going through. Um, but the program and Jesus Christ has transformed my life. I am rebuilding my relationships with my family. I have wonderful relationship with my kids. Uh, I am immersed in the word, uh, devotionals. Uh, just I have a daily routine that I try to get closer to him. And uh, it's just been wonderful. And so how I approach life, there's a couple of scriptures that I wanted to share with you as I close. Um, Matthew six thirty four says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And also Philippians 4, I believe 6 and 7, that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication, uh, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which transforms all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's how I approach life. Um, it's it's profound what we saw uh, uh, with uh, Pastor Ernest with that, that tract from Romans. Um, and I, the world throws a lot of stuff at you about how you should succeed, what's important, the material wealth, the big house, the car, uh, money. Uh, and I take heart to the part of the verse that says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Just that part. Because as Christians, I feel in my own walk and speaking for myself, uh, it's totally different in what I look at and how I approach life. It's, it's not all that stuff. Um, David Suzuki talks about that. He, he's very uh, adamant. He says, it's not about all that stuff, folks. And that, that's how I approach it. And uh, what can I say? My cup runneth over. I'm working for the organization for Teen Challenge. I'm doing meaningful work because I get to deal with pastors and church secretaries and booking outreaches and doing events like this. And um, I, I just can't explain just the transformation that takes place, only that on a metaphysical feeling, I, I feel it. I feel the changes. I feel that I'm getting stronger. Uh, and it is clearly um, a result of, of Jesus Christ and the power. So I am, I am renewed and I am restored. Uh, I am redeemed. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, many happy moments and uh, a very fruitful life uh, as God would have it. Thank you very much.
Thanks, Chris. Um, thanks for sharing. And, and one, one, good, one thing Chris said there was uh, that's um, ex, you know, a very important thing and something that we're trying to get more understanding of is trauma. Um, trauma is a huge indicator of addiction and uh, often a root of it. And that's one thing that our, our leadership is really trying to focus on is how does trauma, uh, how do we identify trauma, particularly childhood trauma, and how does that work into addiction? Um, something that's going to be very important at Teen Challenge for the next, for the next while. Um, so the, uh, if I could have the next slide. Are we, are we back to the start? This is, uh, this is just the, the components of our program. I'm not going to go into that today, um, but if you have any questions about how our program works, uh, just come and see us at the table after, um, and we'll be happy to tell you all the gory details and bore you to death with how our program works. Um, but uh, I, w- I did want to let you know that um, a few things have changed since the last time we were uh, up here. I know our women's team was here uh, last year, a year ago or so. But uh, we now have nine centers across Canada that we operate as Teen Challenge. Um, just so you're aware, there's some in Manitoba and BC that operate under a different uh, management group. But uh, our Teen Challenge group has centers in Alberta. We have two in Saskatchewan now. We used to have a men's, now we have a women's center in Saskatchewan as well, uh, which opened a f- uh, about two years ago. Uh, we also opened a women's center in Newfoundland. about the same time two years ago and uh, so we're really uh, happy to have those women's centers in addition to our one uh, north of Toronto. Uh, It was a really underserved market. We had one center for women who really needed help and now we have one out west and one out east. So um, God's been providing that. It's been taking quite a while to get those up and running but God's been behind it so we're we're happy as that as well. Um, We are just beginning to open uh, another men's center up near Ottawa. And this has been a few years in the planning and and, uh, fundraising, but now as of January, we're actually going to have our first students come into the program. We're hiring staff now. So that's a big answer to prayer. There's a huge need up in Ottawa, and it's been a tough thing um, uh, to get that rolling, but uh, God is good, and uh, it's in his time, and uh, so we're really happy to be able to do that. Um, but these are these these centers are there there to help uh, get the message the gospel out to people and to help with addiction and treatment and it's uh, it's all about investment in the kingdom of God and uh, that's what's happened today. I'm going to bring oops, sorry uh, I'm going to bring Joel up Joel up now. He's going to come on and tell you his story. Um, Joel's a recent graduate uh, two months ago. Yep. Is that right? Two months ago. So he come on up, Joel. And uh, so Joel's been uh, through our program at a tough time, like I said, with, uh, with COVID, but he's also been uh, uh, um, very strong in his faith, and I think you're going to hear that through his testimony. So go ahead, Joel. Thank you, brother. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you, Chris. Actually, that's the first time I heard you uh, say your testimony, so that was amazing. That really blessed me. Um, I don't have my testimony memorized like you, but, uh, (laughs) so I'll put this out, and you know what, you're right, uh, Teen Challenge is, it is like a Bible school, it's like a, it's very regimented, it's very hard, there's very hard aspects about the program, uh, but it all works together, it's like designed so that God can move through the people and the program and the structure that they've made, so that, uh, you can come to Christ and, and he does the rest, right, um, so, 
Yeah, it's great to be here. My name is Joel. I'm 27 years old. Uh, I grew up in Toronto in a Mexican and Catholic home with uh, two younger sisters. At the age of 10, my father and mother went through separation. At the time, I recall my father telling me that I was now the man of the house. Ultimately, I wasn't aware of the soul wound that would be created until much later on in life. Now at 13, it seemed as if there were some reparations being made between my parents, positive signs towards restoration of the family. When in the midst of this hope, my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer and he was given eight months to live. He was then faced with the ultimate question of the afterlife. He searched everywhere, Buddhism, Hinduism, different New Age religions. At the culmination of his search, he ended up getting saved, accepting Jesus into his life and attending a Pentecostal church. This in turn brought my family together. My father became my best friend and I got to know him and understand him better than I've ever did in my life. Eventually it looked as though he was recovering, but a year and a half later he worsened and passed away. At the time I thought God killed my father, but years later it was revealed to me that if my father had not been faced with death, that he might not have even began to began and seek a relationship with God, and I knew that ultimately God saved him at the end. After years of on and off depression, partying, and indulging in different drugs throughout my teens, I got to a place where I was having bad trips because of drug use, and I got very severe social anxiety, where I found it hard to be in public places, family functions, especially things like this, and I got very social. Ang- uh, yeah, I found it. Uh, that it wouldn't go away, and I would stay up for days, and I prayed to God, and I told him, if he took this away from me, I would serve him forever, and I really did not know what I was asking for at the time, uh, <laughs> but I eventually started going to a Christian church, and I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. I attended church regularly and started learning about God and the Bible, but I was still in religion, and I wasn't following God. At one point, my, uh, my girlfriend went on a long vacation, with their family, and I was going through a very bad spell with anxiety. So I decided to take my faith seriously. I was praying every night until I didn't even know what to pray for. Brought the Bible literally everywhere I went. I would try to digest the Word as best as I could. And I was 19 years old when I was reading the Bible during my break at work when I read John chapter 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not understand it or overcome it. And God's Spirit fell on me, and I was introduced to His love and I was filled with joy and his power. Uh, Not only did he take away my anxiety and all fear, but he introduced me to myself in the way he sees me and brought me into sonship where I was walking with him every day. He showed me the seriousness and reality of the spiritual realm and revealed to me that what the enemy tried to use to kill me, he used for good and brought me to the place where I surrendered and depended on him and brought me into a real relationship with him. I know now that God's love was always chasing me down, and he allowed me to get to that exact place and moment of weakness and desperation so he could fill me with his spirit and activate me as his son because of what Jesus accomplished through this crucifixion and his resurrection. So Joel 2.28, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I had many good years with God and in the church. I was privileged to know more about my calling, giftings, purpose, and future. I answered the call in my life, and I continued my relationship with God and the body of Christ, but I got to a point where I was managing my sin, trying to abstain from it in my own strength, and continu- continuously falling and asking for forgiveness. I let my heart, my heart become hardened to the point where 
I abandoned God in my calling and went back into the world, indulging in everything I did before, but to an even deeper extent than when I first did. I went to some dark places and my life became this tug of war between two kingdoms. But every time I went back into the darkness, I did more damage to myself and others than I did before. I eventually got kicked out of my house and I was able to make a life downtown, bartending and serving and living that lifestyle. At this time, I was doing more drugs than I have ever done before, and I spiraled down again, being forced to leave where I was living, and I was able to get my own place, but the process all repeated itself. After a couple of months, I went to see my father's grave with my family. I spoke about him, and I broke down. I, a week later, after another binge, I woke up, unbeknownst to me, on uh, Easter Friday, and I decided that I had enough, and I was done trying to control my own life. I decided I needed to get help and come to a Teen Challenge Center. I called my mother and I told her of my decision. She offered to let me stay until my intake, and this was a bit more than two years ago now. Before I moved back with my family, I was doing cocaine here and there, but I was drinking every day. But with the grace of God, I was able to quit cold turkey. And you got to know, within all my craziness, rebellion and foolishness, God did not abandon me. Even when I did, he saved me many times, got me out of very tough situations, um, times where I just had enough money for first and last, or if it was to find somewhere to stay, uh, when I didn't even know where I was going to go to sleep. I could have di died in one, many of my blackouts uh, in my drunkenness, and I'm so thankful that God preserved my life and let me out of that virtually unscathed. And I'm also sorry that I tested him uh, to that extent. When I went back to live with my mother, I was able to lead my younger sister to the Lord after years of praying for her. And I had a very beautiful year with my family, took my sister to church, started praying with my family, and enjoyed a year of sobriety. I was enrolled in an information technology course, and I started having like a beer a week. I caved into pursuing, pursuing a relationship with a woman in the course, and it ended up not working out. And now I felt like I was missing something, so I, I opened the floodgates to get into casual relationships again. My drinking was becoming more frequent, and I was sneaking into the house Eventually, it led me to a night of drinking with my old friends, blacking out and getting into a fight. At this point, it wasn't a, a mystery that I was drinking and falling off again. I got kicked out, started living at my friends. I was uh, faced with the crossroads where I could live with a friend with good money and attractive living situations, all the things that I can indulge in. Uh, but I'd been down that road so many times, I knew I had to surrender and come to Teen Challenge. So I feel like I was tricked into coming to Teen Challenge. I... Uh, <laughs> I first heard of a teen challenge from an evangelist named Todd White, who was saved at the center in the United States and then proceeded to leave without graduating. I had a pretty similar plan. Uh, so six months was what I was willing to give for my golden ticket, like I like to say, and what my mother and I agreed upon would be the minimum amount of time that I needed to work things out. I had good intentions. I truly wanted to come back and support my mother and sister in any way that I could. Between my mom with ongoing health issues and my sister who was new to the faith, I wanted to press and dig into being a family, a good son and a good brother, looking for, good, for God's purpose in my family. But I was still trying to control my life, uh, relationships and outcomes, which is something that God would eventually address. Um, so when I came into Teen Challenge, I was one of eight students. I arrived last September. I remember speaking with Jesse, who I came in with, about how much we missed quarantine and how we basically thought that we stepped into a Christian concentration camp. Uh, <laughs> Both of us were itchy to leave, talking about four or five months. I came in with the shame of being there, coming to rehab. I vehemently did not want Teen Challenge to become part of my story at the time. 
I came in knowing that uh, what I know, what I had to do, who I had to prove myself to. I made the call and tried to leave at, uh, at four months with every excuse, every solid reason to absolutely no avail. I was extremely frustrated, feeling deprived, looking at this as a punishment. I just had to endure, basically. In my mind, I had two months left. Jesse got the golden ticket to see his family for Christmas, and my other close friend had also left the program. At this time, I was defiant and uh, noticeably vocal with what I did not agree with, from a filter for the coffee machine to rules to theology to the question of our free will. I despised the fact that I, I felt I was being analyzed under a microscope, and I was using spiritual pride as a self-defense mechanism. I ended up accumulating two weeks of word fast and many days of discipline. At this point, I knew this place was either going to drive me insane or drive me to God, and I had to choose. I finally arrived at six months, thinking, this is it. I made the call. My mother explained to me how she was not ready to receive me, and she was not even sure if she would be able to if I were to graduate. She let the door open indefinitely. The rug was swept under for me, and uh, human means and strength were destroyed. I was furious and devastated. It felt as though I was like exiled from my own village that I wanted to protect. I hung up the phone and I decided to leave. Uh, I told them that the program wasn't for me. Forget about the why week and the tickets and the discipline. I'm going to a hotel or friends until I figure out the next step. Before I went through with the discharge, I prayed and asked God's help. I surrendered and I asked him to take control and I felt his presence and peace. He told me in my spirit that he is my true father and that I am his son. He has my family, he has my future, he has my life, and if I want everything that he has for me to trust him in the now, in right now, to let go of control and that his journey is between me and you. In that moment, God healed my soul wound that my father created in me by saying that I was now the man of the family and I had to take care of them. He made me go through that so he could fix my identity in him and in my families. It was like an exchange of God becoming the true protector of my family to me becoming his true son. He started positioning my heart to look at the purpose and mission of this season with him and to trust and have faith in him. So between alcohol, drugs, sex, pornography, media, video games, I use all those to self-medicate, escape reality, validate my illusions, cover up wounds, feel insatiable desires, stroke my ego, feel insecurities, feel powerful and in control, exact justice to my rejectors and critics, by feeling my fleshly desires, combine this with shame, guilt, and a deteriorating identity, I hated who I was becoming, a very hedonistic, lustful, selfish person. I was robbing society, my family, and friends of my true self and potential, and robbing myself of the relationship with God he called me to have. I would go through moments of conviction and repentance, feeling the anguish of going against my heart and the Father's, coming to realize how much deeper I was plunging into addiction to cover the anger and shame of my failure and offenses towards others, myself, and first of all, God. I basically chose rebellion, turned my back on God and who he called me to be. Out of my self-absorption and control of life, I was blind to see what I was truly sacrificing. Out of deception and a hardened heart, to the extent that I was disregarding all that Jesus went through for me, it's crazy when it feels like everything is taken from you, that you start seeing what truly matters and you receive such a clarity of what you want to fight for. I realized that Teen Challenge is a platform for God and His Spirit to move, an opportunity to press into our identity in Christ and the ongoing power of His work for us on the cross. One of the most impactful experiences that I've had at Teen Challenge was when I was convicted of my old self and past sin that I grieved, that I got over already and was already forgiven of. So I, re I rebuked what I thought to be condemnation at the time, 
but I had already been two to three days that it hadn't gone away. Then the Holy Spirit reminded me of what Jesus suffered for me on the cross, that at the moment when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? that he was bearing so immense all humanity's sin, past and future, and he was physically, psychologically, and spiritually feeling the fullness of sin separation from our Father. I was reminded that I was also crucified and resurrected with Jesus as his death was substitutionary for us. And for those days, the suffering that I went through was just a raindrop in an ocean of what separation and agony Jesus felt and went through and having that revelation that I actually deserved hell and saved from it. I was crucified and risen... With Christ, I was set free. So a couple months later now, God has restored my relationships with my mother and sisters, where I no longer have unhealthy expectations of them or emotionally invested in outcomes or their actions. I love them for who they are and who God has made them to be. Uh, So God has been restoring my family almost as default of me being at Teen Challenge and because of his goodness and proof of his love for me. He's giving me strategies and leading me to reconciliation. He's also been working in my family and introducing my younger sister to the body of Christ and his works. So it's a very beautiful and exciting season for me. Also knowing that my mother is going through healing as well and that I'm in a season of blessing, favor, and celebration. So God has been doing what he's been trying to do for me in years, for years of my life uh, to get me to the point where I completely depend on him and acknowledge him in all of my ways in a place of trust, faith, and sonship, and out of fear and dread of where I was going and what I was going to do. I only want to do what God has for me and uh, and look for him for guidance and approval. I am reconciled to the Father through my older brother in Christ, and I've been given an inheritance that I will see through. I'm no longer willing to jeopardize my family, my future grandchildren's lives, callings, and anointings. I now know the victory is in Christ, his work is on the cross, and the surrendering to his grace and spirit. I plan to keep learning humility, seeking sonship with the Father, friendship with the Holy Spirit, and brotherhood with Jesus. An acronym that I stumbled upon um, that I'm living by now through his grace is J-O-Y, joy, in the order of who we serve, Jesus, others, and then yourself. As ourselves, the reason I had to come to Teen Challenge was because I was doing the opposite, serving myself and then others and then God last, which leads to a scripture that I want to keep wrapped around my neck is Mark 9:35. If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Jesus being our greatest example by being the greatest servant of all. Um, so yeah, super thankful to be here. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you all. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Joel. Uh, one thing uh, that when he was Joel was speaking that uh, uh, really made me think was about uh, he said managing sin. He was trying to manage his sin, and uh, I think that's something that uh, I know falls into my life. That uh, you try to manage sin when you're supposed to just give up sin, right? You're supposed to lay it at the cross, not manage it because you will never manage sin. And uh, many people uh, at Teen Challenge have fallen into that trap trying to manage their sin, and uh, that's their best thinking, gets them into Teen Challenge. Um, so if I could have the next slide. Um, yeah, so that's uh, what we uh, are, um, when we come here, we're asking about prayer support. Um, we're asking you to pray for Teen Challenge, uh, to remember the stories of the people you've heard today, to pray for them, and uh, to pray for the ministry to continue to reach out, to be able to uh, 
well, to be able to function normally, hopefully in the next short while, and uh, to continue to minister to men and women uh, across Canada. Um, so one, one other story I wanted to share with you today um, is a, another graduate story. Uh, someone who's from, he graduated a number of years ago now, not saying that he's old, but he graduated a while ago. Um, but, uh, and he lives uh, up here in the area in Clinton. Um, and so I'm going to bring, Albert, come on up. We're going to just have a little question and answer. This is Albert Brunsma. And Albert, you graduated when? Can't say the date, but it would be eight years ago. Yeah. I figured it was July of 2014 or so, yeah. I thought, right? Yeah. So, um, and, uh, oh, you're going to get him. Albert, let me give you a mic. Okay, thank you. That was an Olympic run. That was, that was, like, the, that was like the torch and everything. I don't know if you can see that at home, but it was great. Um, so, all right, thanks. Um, so when you're, what, uh, what was the key thing that brought you to Teen Challenge? Oh, boy. Key thing is, uh, is it on? I'm working on it. <laughs> sorry, we threw him a curve with this one, sorry. Hello? Hi. Key thing was, uh, thing that brought me back, I was a heavy alcoholic, like, what I mean as heavy is three to four cases per day, each day, and now near the end, it got that much beer, plus crystal meth and cocaine came into effect, and that was my downfall, because as an alcoholic, I was a happy drunk, but when I got into the crystal meth and the cocaine, my personality snapped. And a friend of mine, she decided to come over one night because she was getting in a fight with her husband and she was afraid of getting hurt. Her coming to my house was the biggest mistake she ever made because instead of getting physically hurt, she got emotionally hurt and physically hurt by me. And instead of, going her, instead of her going to the police and having me charged and arrested, she reached out to a friend of mine from the Christian Reformed Church who got me, who came and got in contact with me and got me into the Teen Challenge program. Um, and now, me and her, and her, even her husband, our best of friends, we're practically sister and brother now. And um, the last time I was actually down in Dresden area, I was stopped at the whole, uh, place I used to live, the the apartment building and two police officers stopped in there and they were normally at my house three to four times every day because of the drinking going on and it's kind of strange to find two see two officers come up to you and pass you one to the other each giving you a hug because they have so much respect for the person that Teen Challenge has made me become and even though I was born in the Christian Reformed Church, raised up into it, became a cadet counselor, knew of God, but you didn't know God. And that was the big, biggest drastic changing point in my life. <clears throat> Thanks. And so after the, uh, so as you said, you're from Dresden, um, your whole life born and raised there, um, your, your addicted life was there. So how'd you end up in Clinton? The way, 
I'll give you a hint. It's more, more intervention from brothers and sisters of Christ. The way I ended up in Clinton is uh, a friend of mine who works for the Teen Challenge program, uh, one Sunday morning, called me up on my cell phone because I was an intern, asked me if I wanted to go to an outreach. And interns at that time were only required once a month to go to an outreach. And I just went on one. So I decided to go with him to Clinton, and I met a gentleman there um, who at the very first sight, when I first saw him, the sight of him terrified me. Um, I think a lot of people here will know who I'm talking about, Simon Vandrell. And uh, I met him, and then we got talking and talking, and... He asked, because I, I was almost on my way out, and at that time, I was terrified because I didn't have an exit plan for Teen Challenge. Uh, didn't have a home church yet. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a place to live. And um, we got talking more and more, and then we decided he wanted to come to Teen Challenge to see what we were like at Teen Challenge. Because um, when we go, when you go out to a spot, you could act like one person, but when you're in your home environment, you could be at a totally different person. And then so he came that week and then uh, saw how I was acting. And then he goes, okay, he says, I'm coming back Saturday. He says, I'm going to pick you up. He says, you're going to meet, he says, you're going to see the company. So I went with him and we met, uh, I met his wife, met his boys, and saw the company. And then uh, at that time, I was talking already. I was looking for an apartment. So I asked him, could we look at an apartment? And then I called the people who owned the apartment. My phone cut out. So then we went there, looked at the apartment, and I fell in love with the apartment and then talked with the uh, Supervisors and they said to us, yeah, we're going to need first and last. And then I thought, okay, how am I going to come up with $2,000, let alone $1,000? And then to have a total stranger go to them going, my wife's going to be here tomorrow with a check for you for his rent. We're going to pay his rent. And then to end up going to his place, and as you're getting out of the vehicle, he goes, oh, perfect, the wife's here with your next surprise. And you're kind of looking at him like, next surprise? Like, you just paid my rent. He goes, that truck she's driving is yours. And I'm kind of, what do you mean? He said, the truck's going to be in your name. We're going to pay your insurance. So then, that was another one thing. And then he asks, what's wrong with your phone bill? I says, well, I think I got cut out because I owe the money. He goes, well, we'll fix that up once you get here. He goes, I'm in a hurry, but I don't want to rush us. He says, I'm picking you up in two weeks and you're moving here. And then to go back to London, 
and meet a friend of mine. We met at a restaurant, and then as I'm, we departed our ways, and then as my friend and me are going back to the Teen Challenge farm, he calls, because at that time I had no furniture. I had my clothes, and that was it. And he calls, and it's on Bluetooth, and I'm already an emotional wreck. And then to hear Simon go to my friend, he goes, can you tell Albert, our daughter just furnished his apartment. He's got his bedroom suite, and he's got a living room suite. And my friend Carrie going to him, Simon, you're on Bluetooth, and Albert's sitting here crying. Never have I met a person that, even though he doesn't know you, he's totally changed your life. And now it's basically, we go out for breakfast Saturday mornings. Um, I'm always at his, his place, work with his kids, love the job. And uh, one time at the, uh, the morning, we were sitting having breakfast, and Simon and Yolanda both looked at me, and Simon goes, Albert, he says, to be honest with you, he said, our original plan was to have six kids. He said, we were lucky to have four. He said, you make the fifth. And that's what brought me to Clinton, and a lot of people have asked if I'll ever go back to where I was or ever move, and I've just, plain and simple, I'm here to stay for the rest of my life. Thanks, Albert. Thanks for sharing your story. That's, um... <clears throat> and, um, yeah, the, the thing of that is that was uh, a brother and, and sister reaching out. Uh, I know Simon's uh, told me that he was sitting in church watching one of our outreaches, and he said, yeah, I could, I could give some money or I can invest in a life, and God said that to him, invest in a life, and that's, that's what he did. So that's, uh, that's what uh, Simon and Yolanda have invested in a person, and that's what God does. He invests in us. Um, every day he's investing in us, and, and we need to read his word. We need to be in it. That's what uh, Teen Challenge teaches, teaches men and women is to get with God, uh, to trust God, to listen to God, and to follow that path. If we invest our time into him, He's going to invest the kingdom into us. And, uh, um, and that's the, the message that I want to say uh, to you, is that that's what Huron Chapel has done for Teen Challenge over the years. You've invested into Teen Challenge, into God's work, and these are the results uh, that you see. This is, this is what God does. He takes lives and transforms them beyond anything that we could even hope for or ask for. So uh, I'm also a graduate of the program. I'm also a beneficiary of that great love of God. I was uh, separated from my wife. Um, she was done with me. I was uh, uh, completely lost everything with my kids as well. And God restored that relationship over a few years. It took a while, and I had to do some uh, difficult, difficult work. But he invested into me and restored that. So um, 
that's what uh, you're seeing. Four, four people here. I know of a few others who've been attached or uh, connected with Auburn Chapel who are also graduates, also recovered, and God has changed their lives as well. And uh, so that's what uh, the message of Teen Challenge is. So I want to uh, thank you uh, for having us again. And you can join with us, as I said, in, in praying, uh, in sponsoring a student if you want. You can give us a one-time gift. Uh, any way you want to partner with us is fine. But the key, key thing we need is prayer. Um, without a doubt. If you can remember us, remember the three people you heard speak today, uh, remember the program uh, for men and women, and just pray for us because we know it works, we know it makes a difference, and God has, uh, God has this on his heart. Um, one thing I want to say just before the uh, worship band comes back up is uh, one other thing that we're doing that's kind of different because of COVID, um, we're having a, a uh, gala. We usually have live galas. We're having a virtual national gala on November 18th, and uh, it's going to be something you can watch right from your house. Uh, you can purchase the link, uh, which of course goes support Teen Challenge, um, but you can uh, watch it right from your home. It's going to be uh, information and uh, uh, stuff from all of our centers across Canada. So normally it would be just uh, the London gala. This is going to uh, be from all the different centers. So uh, it's going to be kind of a cool event, and uh, you're going to get to see a lot of different, uh, different stories and different perspectives. Um, so thanks for listening for that. So um, just want to invite the team back up, or are you just coming solo? No, okay. All right. Everybody come back up. Thanks again so much. Uh, we appreciate you having us, and uh, uh, we look forward to talking with you. Come and see us uh, at the table. If you have any questions, anything, whether it's about family, friends, yourself, come and talk to us. And uh, we just thank you so much. Go in peace and blessings.